Hey, we're back. Oh my God, you look great. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Uh, you look. You looked. I was expecting a limping hunchback of a, <laughs> a shell of a man from from your trip, but from Ireland. Yes. I went to Ireland, and I understand you did have a bit of a gout flare. I up. did. I did. Because you know what they have in every single restaurant and pub in Ireland. Uh, and every kindergarten, and every uh... and every corner, it's it's that it's that milkshakey, delicious Guinness. And uh, you know, uh, so like the second or third day, I had a gout flare up, mm-hmm. and we ran into our old buddy. Gout flare up. We ran into our old buddy Brent Peterson yeah. uh, in Galway, and I limped from pub to pub with him. <laughs> like you know, what am I going to do? I can't. I'm in Ireland. Yeah. Right. So I did eventually go see a doctor, and he pulled out a list of things for me. Uh, A list of things to avoid. Okay. Right? Sure. Number one on the list, beer. Beer. Guinness, comma, dumbass. (laughs) So I really cut back after that. Did you really? I did. I, I I, I, I never had more than one a day for the rest of the trip. Are you serious? Yeah. But I had one every day. So you, were you drinking anything else? I mean, could you? Oh drink? yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, nothing else was on that list. <laughs> he showed me the list. It said yeah. beer. Right. Didn't say alcohol. It didn't say ale. <laughs> so anyway, Brent uh, Peterson, who's uh, a host on this mm-hmm. network on the Radio Misfits of uh, Destination Eat Drink, brought his podcasting gear, and he and I did a podcast in Galway, Ireland. Was it in on a? At a pub, or where was it? Uh, it was in the little apartment that Bridget and I rented. Okay. And uh, I did a few limericks for him. Really? Yeah. I, so do they, in Ireland, do they just speak in limericks all the time? You know what? They don't. But uh, I think I could bring it back. Did you flop out your Irish accent? I did. I really? did. And Bridget kept begging me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's not very good. The other thing I discovered, and we went there to... Uh, we went to Dublin as our mm-hmm. last stop, and I really wanted to see some U2 stuff. Like, mm-hmm. where were where where were they from? You know, what pubs did they sure. play in and stuff? And I found out that a lot of people in Dublin don't like U2. In fact, they're openly hostile to Bono. Really? Yeah. We went to this rock and roll museum, and I talked to the guy who was the curator of this thing, and he says to me, uh, you know, not... Uh, not everyone in Ireland is very fond of Bono. And I said, why is that? He said, well, you've heard the old joke about Bono and God, haven't you? The ego. Yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. What's the difference between Bono and God? God doesn't think he's Bono. Right. 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 I heard that joke over and, <laughs> and over and over again. So apparently, not you two fans. So it's an arrogance thing? Is that what? I think so. Uh, well, you know, while you were gone, yeah, <clears throat> I was really busy. You know, as you know, yeah, I ran the company, yeah, uh, but I really spent a lot of time perfecting my Christopher Walken. Okay, all right, let's tease that. Okay, all because right. Minutia Man is up okay. next. But first, listen to this other fine old pie show. All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to free kicks with adam and rick 
And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opai show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opai production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. A dog goes bow wow. <laughs> now in Ireland. <laughs> not bad. Oh, not bad. I can only do words that end in like ow or ah. So yeah. so I can do, you know, so bow does, wow. It does kind of limit uh, you a little bit. Yeah. Like um yeah. Chairman Mao. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I kind of missed doing the show. Yeah, I gotta I did say, too. I did too. And thanks for everybody who continued to listen. Our downloads were, we, you know what? It, I got it, a ton of emails too asking yeah. when we were coming back. Um, it appears that we could just run our old stuff and <laughs> right. never have to do new content. <laughs> but yes, every well, so it's good to be back. It is. Um, I will be. Uh, well, as you know, I'm going tomorrow to New York City. The Big Apple. Me and my, I'm taking my daughter to see Paul McCartney. Yep. Um, the GoFundMe campaign. Yeah, I will. I will put the link on our Twitter and Instagram. Uh, not a cheap thing. What the hell does he need this amount of money for I anymore? I I think I paid four hundred bucks for a ticket once, face value, to see Paul McCartney. Well, we're stubhubbing it. Yeah, and I'm not flying all the way to New Jersey, you know, New York, to get crappy seats. Right. So uh, and and Julia's like three foot four inches, so right. it's not like she yeah. has to be can't be on the ground floor. No, no. So, uh, but we're looking forward to it. I hope he does Magneto and Titanium Man. How uh, much? How much? Well, I haven't bought the tickets yet, and I've been noticing that there has been a little bit of a price decrease. I think there's a little bit too much supply and not as much demand. Oh. Um, but it'll be about seven hundred bucks a ticket. Oh, yeah. Oh. Right. oh. That's a lot. The tickets are like four hundred bucks, and then StubHub's fees are like another. No, it's going to be. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of money. Well, I sure hope it's a good show. Well, it could be his last ever. Yeah, that's what I said the last five times I saw. <laughs> well, him. this is the last show of the tour. Yeah, I know. I know. And he, I mean, you, you're not a young guy. Yeah, he'll, he'll be eighty uh, in about a week. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see. All right. All right, well, we've got a lot to do here, Rick. Yes. Um, let me ask you a question. When you were growing up, mm-hmm. what was your favorite breakfast cereal? Um, I was a King Vitaman guy. Really? Yeah. I, I, Lucky Charms. Okay. Oh, you got to flop out the Irish. They're magically <laughs> delicious. I kept saying, green and green clovers. Uh, um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I um, loved King Vitamin. In fact, I even saved all the little box tops. Yeah. And I got the inflatable throne. I've never even heard of that one. King Vitamin? No. Having breakfast with the king, King Vitamin? No. It was kind of a poor man's Captain Crunch. Maybe that ha- maybe that came out when I was in Germany. Uh, well, I remember my you know my mo- breakfast cereal is not a thing in Germany, or at least it wasn't no. when they were growing up. And I remember when I would be I kind of had a little obsession with this King Vitamin, and I was so into the the inflatable throne. Uh-huh. So I saved all the box tops, and we you know got the inflatable throne. I. I'm trying to think of my parents. They escaped the Nazis for this. <laughs> right? Well, okay. So there's a new breakfast cereal on the market, and well, I got to tell you. Yeah. It's kind of a thing. Period crunch. Cereal wants to normalize menstruation talk at the breakfast oh, table. Oh, come on. In order to combat the pervasive stigma 
that still surrounds sex, one sexual wellness company oh my God. is turning to cereal for sexual enlightenment. Dubbed Period Crunch, and this is true, uh, this rather unorthodox new breakfast option comes to us from Swedish menstrual cup brand Intimina. <laughs> okay. The cereal, and I have a picture right here. Let me show it to you. The cereal is shaped... Can you see what that little shape looks yes, like? Yes, it looks like a vulva. It's a uterus. It's a uterus. The cereal shaped like little... I get the word, the terminology mixed up. Oh, who cares? Yeah, it's uh, all down there somewhere. Yeah, the cereal shaped like little red uteruses. What's the plural of uterus? Uteri. Oh, is it uteri? Yeah. Uh, shaped like little red uteri. I, I made that up. I okay. have no idea. Um, well, guess what color the milk will turn? Oh. Yeah, it makes it turn... Red. Is this for real? It is. Look at this. I have a picture. Like I said, here's a picture right here. Um, according to Intimino, the point of period crunch is to encourage families to discuss menstruation more openly, even at the breakfast table. Okay. All right. First of all, don't care for the visual that the name period crunch. Yeah, right. I have a better. I, have a, I think camp and, cramp, camp and cramps would be better. It, much better. Yeah. Secondly. A any- raisin rag. <laughs> I have a feeling there were going to be some other <laughs> options. <laughs> Secondly, any parent will tell you the best time of day to discuss important matters like this is first thing in the morning, <laughs> yep, yep. right after you wake <laughs> right. the children up, and preferably at the breakfast table in front of the rest of the family. You know, I got to say, though, and having a, you know, being a father of three daughters, yeah. not 100% sure what the whole menstruation thing is. <laughs> so you have been kept out of that. Well, uh, well, no, because I will. They will ask me when they run out of pads. I, yeah. I do all the grocery shopping, right. so I end up buying their stuff. I've never done that. <laughs> I would imagine you haven't. And I got to tell you, it is like you know, it, it's like calculus because they have you know the like the thick. There's either thin or there's thick, and there's this kind of a wing, and there's this kind of whatever. And I'm like, oh, and I always, I know this comes as a complete surprise. This I always screw it up. Yeah, but, you know. And you don't know which sauce to get with it, the honey sauce, the barbecue <laughs> sauce. I mean, is that, is that, does that come with that? Ex- right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but again, like if, if you asked me, well, what exactly happens during menstruation? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, either. I know. It's, it's not, it's not. Yeah. Uh, Let's not I, talk about I, it anymore. I got something that's much uh, more uplifting. Then what? What did you call it? Raisin, raisin rag, raisin rag. Thank yeah. you. I think Captain Cr- Captain Cramps isn't bad. Captain either. Cramps is much right. better yeah. than Period Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, period I know. Crunch. I know. Come on. Let's talk, people. <laughs> I know you're from Sweden, but that's not a good one. All right. I have a story about cockroaches that uh, you're just gonna love. A pest control company is offering homeowners in the United States two thousand dollars in exchange for releasing one hundred cockroaches into their home. Mm to test out experimental pest control methods. What could go wrong? (laughs) The pest informer, based in North Carolina, said it's seeking five to six homeowners to allow the company to release about 100 cockroaches into their houses to test out the new methods. Mm -hmm. You know, like experiment. It's an experiment. They're doing a beta test. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's going to be about 30 days. So you'll have your (laughs) your house will be infested with cockroaches for 30 days. And if they don't, Get it with the experimental thing. They'll get it with the, the traditional dioxide. Thing. Yeah, whatever, or whatever. Whatever they do. Dow, uh, Agent Orange. If you'd like to participate, by the way, it's open through July 31st if you'd like to apply. Uh, this is a UPI story. Go to UPI and press cockroaches, and, and you can get in there. Have you ever lived somewhere with cockroaches? 
No, but I do have a cockroach story okay. that is. Gonna, I have one too. That so. is going to make your sit, stomach turn. Ready? Mm-hmm. I hope you're not eating breakfast or, or lunch period crunch. <laughs> Put down that spoonful of period crunch. This is really going to. This whole show is for your appetite. Um, so my freshman year after college, I worked as a janitor for my uncle Marty, yeah. and it was the, like the cushiest job ever. It was like twenty bucks an hour in nineteen eighty one or eighty two. You know what I mean? That was like, and all I had to do basically was empty out the garbage. And, you know, sweep the hallways and stuff. And was it, it like apartment buildings? Is apartment a, buildings, okay. yes. Along the, it, they were in Evanston along the lake. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of old people lived there. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it was really no big deal. However, one of the residents died. One of those old ladies mm-hmm. died. And it was my job to go in and clean up the apartment for the next tenants. Sure. And I walked in there and I saw the, the ceiling was uh like covered with grease mm-hmm. because you know she couldn't see it and mm-hmm. the uh, the floor was gross and it was just disgusting so i did what any professional janitor would do you threw up i called my mom <laughs> <laughs> mommy <laughs> and i said i desperately need your help i cannot do this <laughs> so I you were 24 i was no i was 18 okay. 19 okay yeah, it was like Sean's age. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my mom and I went down there and with all our cleaning supplies, and I had not checked out the bathroom yet. Went into the bathroom, and she said, how does it look? I said, oh, it looks fine. She goes, well, open up the uh, the medicine cabinet. So I opened up the medicine cabinet, and hundreds of cockroaches oh. came falling out of it onto me i was covered they were covered i was covered with these giant cockroaches and i started screaming and yelping like a woman (laughs) meanwhile the actual woman calmly comes in there knocks them off kills them all and helps me clean up the place but when when i I still have nightmares about that when when i was growing up when i was growing up uh we lived in an apartment on granville um not far from where this happened. Right, ex- yeah. right on the. I was in our city, north side, and uh, there was we had a really pretty serious cockroach problem. I loved it. I mean, I was like I don't know eight, nine, ten. I would have rubber bands, and I would just pick them <laughs> up. Like they one would be scurrying, you know, on the wall. I would just take, and I started to get really good. And when you hit a cockroach with a rubber band, as you can imagine, a little messy. Yeah, we're talking, yeah. you know, Kennedy. <laughs> and uh so and my and my mom hated it i mean like, your mom like jackie kennedy yeah. <laughs> would climb with she, her with her pink dress on she had and, the little hat on and everything <laughs> but and she I, I still remember vividly stop doing that because you know but i, I look out look at that shot mom yeah. it's like wow. six feet away and i nailed them is that when you were on the professional rubber band tour <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, um, we got a great review here. Oh. Actually, I think this is hilarious. This is from Lady Low 72 Okay. Here's a review. My husband likes the show. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't care if you'd like it or not. It's yeah. A, she gave us five stars. Hey, you know, we, we do tend to have more male listeners, I noticed. You think, and, really? You don't and, think and, period crunch is going to resonate with our audience? The first segment of the show. I think I understand why. Uh, if you like Minutia Men, then be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. You can pick out your favorite new show at places like opishows.com. Remember, opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. 
Um, you'll notice a domination on that site of Rick and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dave. Rick. Yeah. Rick, you are. Yeah. You know, you've got, what, six podcasts on Well, I don't, I don't like to brag, but uh, yeah, I do. I have quite a few. All right. It's time for another feature. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where we reach into the Rick and Dave archives and check out uh, what happened this week over our 40-year mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to see the options that we had for this week, you can check out my blog at rickkemfer.blogspot.com. I listed about a half dozen or so that we Mm -hmm. had to choose from, but this one was an easy one this week Mm -hmm. for Dave. Sadly. Because one of the choices was Alan White, the drummer from Yes, who who passed away Mm -hmm. during our break Mm -hmm. um, at 72 years old after a short short illness, right? Yes. He lived in Washington uh, State. Mm. Uh, later in his life and we had a chance to talk to him a few years ago and he was a a, a fun guy wasn't he was it was he the one that was watching uh, price is right yeah <laughs> perhaps one of the greatest drummers in rock and roll history hey, hold on i gotta turn it's the showcase right now can you guys wait a few minutes uh, he was a great guy though yeah, yeah. and uh we asked him about how he got into the band yes and it's quite a story uh, let's go to our archives and listen to it now you you get called to be part of Yes. Uh, and this was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in 1972, the band had just finished uh, recording the album Close to the Edge. They're about to go on tour. Bill Bruford was the drummer, and he quit. And so you had like two weeks or something like that to learn the entire yes catalog is that true no i, I only had three days <laughs> three days and then we're, this is not music that is is right. like something you just pick up you're not doing like uh, i'm a man or something you know well i had I, I was very good friends with eddie offered who was the past producer at that time and um i i shared an apartment with him in london and uh, we were good friends and and I went down to a rehearsal one night. This is about a week, two weeks before, maybe. And um, uh, they were rehearsing the song uh, Siberian Couture from um, that album. And that's before they recorded Close to the Edge. And Bill just got up and left. Um, he said, I have a dinner appointment. And I guess I found out later he had a dinner appointment with Robert Fripp, and he was phoning King Crimson. King Crimson yeah. So um, Eddie's there standing with me, and they all stood with the guitars on and stuff and Eddie said I'm going to play that kind of stuff so I, I jammed with him in a rehearsal studio uh, for like maybe 20 minutes <laughs> and obviously the penny stuck you know and um, they when they wanted some something you know somebody to replace Bill uh, they, John and Chris came to my Eddie's flat and said well, we wanted you to join, yes. And um, I said, look, I'll give you guys three months to see if I enjoy playing with yes. And I, I knew the music, but not thoroughly. And um, and um, we'll give you three three months. And 
you know, and see if it works out. And uh, here I am. 47 years later. <laughs> I, so, so did it work out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyhow, um, as they left the, left the room, they were going out the door and he said, oh, by the way, we've got a gig on Monday. Can you rehearse everything? I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you did. We're glad you didn't, you didn't run for the hills. Uh, yeah, he was, was a very, very nice guy if you'd like to check it out it's episode number 68 uh Man celebrity interview and there's lots of great stuff in there we talk him to john him. lennon right yeah. Wasn't the, he, he was in the plastic ono band well he played on that toronto show he did right? that famous yeah. show. he played on that song why do i how do you sleep that uh, john wrote about paul a mean mm-hmm. song we talk about that. We talk about all sorts of stuff. And we talk about The Price is Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to hear that in any other interview of Alan White, I guarantee you. So check it out. All right, we got a lot more show, um, but uh, we need to uh, take a break here. Okay. Dave, what, uh, what do you got coming up? Uh, uh, fish sex ad. Okay. And mine is... Uh, an end to Elvis weddings. Oh my God! Yeah, we also have a brush with greatness story that you have contributed, to our dear listeners, and uh, we'll be back with all that right after this. What do you get when you hear a celebrity minutiaman interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Maher having a kid. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times and Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right? one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutiaman Interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back. Rick, this comes from our crazy, fun neighbor, Indiana. Okay. Wouldn't you think Indiana's kind of our crazy, fun, maybe not so much fun. The Hoosier State. Yeah. Um, Last week, Hoosier State native Richard Kasar went fishing with a buddy and had a great day catching blue catfish. You ever catch a big old blue catfish? I'm not a fisherman. Uh, when, When he got home with his bounty, he decided that this would be a perfect time to teach his young daughter how to clean fish. Okay. Okay. I mean, you yeah. know, father-daughter moment. Sure. I'm taking Julia to Paul McCartney. Richard yeah. is teaching his daughter yeah. how to. He's more of an outdoorsman. Right. More of an indoors. Indoors, but so he cuts into one of the fish because that's what you do. Right. Yeah. Makes the big six-inch slit or whatever, and an eight-inch dildo <laughs> falls out of the fish. Fish's stomach. <laughs> Not a small one. <laughs> no. It's a, well, that's kind of small. Oh, oh, is that right? So, of course. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Long John Silver and I are going to finish the show here. So, of course, his daughter notices it as, Daddy, what's, you know, what's that? And according to, and I just love this response, according to WSED Radio out of Greenville, Indiana, he, what do you think he says? Uh, Go ask your mother. Well, of course. <laughs> right. So, of course. So, this kind of reminds me of a story, really unrelated, but. When I read this story, this is kind of what I remember. So remember when I was selling or selling paper at Case Paper? Yeah. I would sell paper all over the country, right? right? And I had Kansas City. I had a printer in Kansas City who was perhaps the largest manufacturer of gay porn. I mean, oh, he, really? he would print all, you know, he would print all. I mean, someone had to print it, yeah, right? Sure. So they sure, it's a good account. <laughs> exactly. So from time to time, because Case Paper sold distressed paper at that time, I would have complaints, as you know, because you, you would love to talk about the complaints at the weekends yes. we'd get together. So I had a complaint on some paper from Dimension. Ooh, I shouldn't have said the name. Well, whatever. 
<laughs> Jekahusa printer. Uh, so I get this big envelope, this FedEx envelope. With I knew it was a complaint. They call me and go, there's some picking problems. And I don't know. If, do you want me to get into how coding? Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, you're a picking. I'm a grinning. <laughs> okay. So basically the coding was coming off while okay. it was printing. I didn't think anything of it. So I, and I didn't even open the package. So I go into my boss's office <laughs> as I'm ripping over, open the envelope and I start taking it out and it is the most graphic. Oh my God. It was positions that, you know, it was yeah. defying gravity. Yeah. So we kind of had a chuckle and he's yeah. like, well, we got to do the pick test to see if it is. And how you do a pick test is, is you, first of all, you take micro, uh, like little magnifying glasses yeah. oh and you have to look, you have to look on the coding. <laughs> like, and, and, and oh so, so I've got this vision of, of my two bosses. They Dave, were, why do you have such a big grin? <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, there was like, I don't know, Three older white guys with their little, yeah. you know, mag, you know, jewel magnifying glasses, looking at this sheet of paper. Yeah, what is this? Go ask your mother. <laughs> so there you go. Don't wow. buy thirty-eight pound, twenty-eight inch rolls from me. You know, I'm I'm kind of obsessing about this. How the dildo got in the yeah fish uh, in the first place. Yeah. I mean. I mean, eight inch, like you say, eight inches. Well, uh, not so much the size of it. Well, what is it doing in the lake in, in the, the first place? I'm trying to imagine. Oh, it's a river. Yeah, in yeah. The river. So yeah, it was a river. Right. And yeah, I don't know. Here, help me. Uh, uh, let me help you under the boat, honey. Hey, what just <laughs> fell out of your pocket? I, you know, really. Hey, did you see my? Yeah, right. I, I'm trying to catch some horny fish, so I brought a giant. I, I'm just. Yeah. I yeah. can't even imagine. Anyway, uh, I have a story for you that is kind of sad. I mean, I. This end of an era, right? You told me that. I, it's it's really sad. The licensing company that controls the name and image of the king, Elvis Presley, mm. is ordering Sin City Chapel operators to stop using Elvis in theme ceremonies. Now, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, Authentic Brands Group sent cease and desist letters in early May to multiple chapels, which are expected to be compliant now. With Elvis so closely tied to Vegas' wedding industry, some say the move could decimate their business. Oh, to kill him. Right. Yeah. Why else would you well, get you, married in, in Vegas? Unless Elvis is there. I mean, come on. Clark County Kirk Lynn Goya, who led a marketing campaign promoting Las Vegas. They had, In fact, they have a campaign out right now promoting it mm -hmm. as a wedding destination, and Elvis of is course. all over it, of course. right? Uh, couldn't come at a worse time. They believe that this generates $2 billion a year for the... For the Vegas, for, Vegas. for Vegas. Now, I don't know if how well people know me. Yeah, uh, you're Elvis. But I'm kind of an Elvis sure. file, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I have uh, in my garage right now an Elvis bust. Mm -hmm. I have two black velvet Elvis paintings mm -hmm. on the wall. I have a. Uh, a street sign for Elvis Presley mm -hmm. Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Now you'll notice that they're in the garage. Uh, they've yeah, you know. and you make a peanut butter and banana sandwich. <laughs> that, I've been to Graceland. Yeah, well, with I went with you. you. I went there. Yeah, you uh, were we openly weeping. I wasn't. I. I mean, I just <laughs> thought it was the coolest thing ever. I've written maybe a dozen Elvis parody mm -hmm. songs that uh, Landacker performed mm -hmm. while dressed as Elvis. Two songs Good. about uh, Lisa Marie and. Uh, and Michael Jackson mm -hmm. getting married. Another one about uh, a Viva Viagra, mm -hmm. to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which was a worldwide hit. Um, <laughs> no! That was by yeah. Christopher Walken. <laughs> you know, I still have the Elvis jumpsuit downstairs 
that John wore on stage for the Landecker and the Legend shows. We used to do Elvis wake-up calls where um, listeners would send in letters asking us to come in and wake up their teenager, their annoying teenager. Dressed uh, as Elvis. Dressed as Elvis. And we did this for a year, every day. And here's the one thing I want to tell everybody uh, about Elvis impersonators. And maybe this is what uh, one of the struggles that Las Vegas is going through. Uh, You'd never believe it, but Elvis impersonators are highly unreliable. <laughs> really? They're highly unreliable. I'll tell you, you said 6 o'clock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Elvis was late every <laughs> single time. I went through uh, a number of different Elvis impersonators, and they were always really? late. Like, who do you think you are, Elvis? <laughs> yeah, right. And when they leave the building, they leave the building. And I think Elvis himself was never late. He was a professional. Well, um... Who was it that we were talking? We were talking to Ted Gen- um, Genopolis, or Genulis, or the San Diego Chicken. Who so that is? That video, there, that audio is on Celebrity. It video. is, yeah. That's uh, so. He was the San Diego Chicken, and he um, performed an Elvis concert, or he was the open, was he like the man? Just whatever. He was just like the mascot at the right at the, and he got his ass kicked by the, did. by the by, by Memphis a, Mafia. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I was always hoping in the back of my mind that, that you would have a Elvis wedding. Bridget and I could go to Vegas and maybe renew our vows with Elvis. Well, so is it dead? Because I, the article I saw said that there's still you can still do it at this point. Well, it, it it's still there at one place that has officially been sanctioned. So this but, is a money grab. Is this what the Elvis? Well, is taking I mean. On? They they were like seven thousand wedding yeah. uh, Elvis weddings last year. One place can't handle that. Sure, I mean, think about how many days a year there are. But so the Elvis's estate is who's yeah. putting the kibosh on it. Yeah, because him like Paul McCartney needs more money. Exactly, exactly. All right, it's time for another segment. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where people have started to send in their stories Mm -hmm. about celebrities. And we're backed up now because you were in Ireland. Um, And this one is kind of uh, interesting and it takes place uh, in England. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you. You're a suburb. Right. Exactly. Uh, this is from Anthony and mm. Anthony, no, no H. Okay. My parents are immigrants. My dad is from England and my mom is from Sweden. I never met my grandparents on my mom's side, but my dad took the whole family back to his hometown of Moldsley in the Southeast of England to meet his mom. She was in her seventies at the time and we stayed in her house. One night at dinner time, I asked her, Dave's favorite question. <laughs> so who was the most famous person you've ever met? Yes. I was expecting her to say some literary figure. Ugh. She told me there were a few rock and roll stars that came from Moldsley. Oh. My dad knew one of them, Mick Avery, who was the drummer for the Kinks. The other one is one I'll never forget. It was Rick Astley, and he still lived in town. He's a charming man, Grandma said. I chatted with him at the Green and Lovely store. <laughs> I begged her to take me by his house, which she did. We sat in a car outside his house for a while before my grandmother suggested the cops were probably going to be called <laughs> if we stayed any longer. I never met him, but everyone in Mosley 
And it's a story about meeting Rick Astley, and they all seem very proud to be from the same town. Now, all these years later, whenever someone gets Rick rolled or the song Never Gonna Let You Down comes on, yeah, think I think of, that of story. Grandma. Aw, that's nice. That's a nice story. Even though, again, it didn't actually meet yeah, Rick Astley. Right. It doesn't matter. No, no. These the thought the- is there. Exactly. Right. Do you think we're really vetting these anyways? <laughs> right, exactly. I didn't even look up if <laughs> Molesley was a real town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, someone please check that for me. Or if he lives there. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. Uh, you can comment uh, on our stuff if you go to the Minutiaman Instagram page, which now has... 103? Is it 103? It's over 100, baby. <laughs> 103, baby. Triple digits. <laughs> Minutiaman Official is where you find us on Instagram. Uh, you can contact us also uh, on Twitter at Minutia Men, mm-hmm. or you can email us at Minutia Men at pot, uh, Men Podcast at gmail.com. You can check out our publishing company, Eckhart's Press. How do you spell that? Uh, that's E-C-K-H-A-R-T-Z press.com. Uh, there's an email link for both of us there if you mm-hmm. want to send us anything at all. And follow along with 40 Years of Rick and Dave, you can go to my blog at rickkemfer.blogspot.com, and there's an email link there, too. Mm-hmm. And you're finding the email links. Thank you very much, because you're sending us uh, some great stories. Uh, special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week. With some Paul McCartney stories. Yes, yes. On Minutia Men. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Radio Misfits, promo take 24. Guys, um, we are part of Radio Misfits Podcasts Net. Radio Misfits, you idiots. We are part of... I didn't really make it intended to be a tongue twister. Yeah, I know. We are part of the Radio Misfits podcast. podcast. Promo 26. (laughs) I'll be here all day. We are part of Radio Misfit Podcast Network. And uh, Close enough for government. Yeah, close enough, huh? (laughs) Let me say it. Radio Misfits. Douchebags who can't speak. Hear it on the World Wide Web.